to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate. And today we're talking about minute number 80, 8-0 of Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is going to start with Victor Stone rushing to the end zone in that football game that we've been talking about. And then the minutes are going the minute singular is going to end with Eleanor Stone telling Victor that uh, his father was held up at the lab, which begins a very uh, kind of the turning point of this of this memory. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna be talking uh, talking a little bit about slow motion in this one uh, because this the majority of this minute is kind of like the end of that football game, the victory of that celebration. Um, For those who may not be in the know of football, like maybe they don't understand what's going on here. Yeah, me. Nate, I know you're saying you don't understand anything about football. Um, So what's happening here is, uh, and and what's kind of tremendous, uh, tremendous feat by by Victor Stone here is uh, Victor Stone's position is a quarterback, right? Um, Mm Yeah. I'm sure everyone knows what a quarterback is and what their job is. Um, he's doing all this on his own. Uh, and being, you know, as you said, it, Nate, it's a Hail Mary situation. He's got about six seconds or less to uh, score. Otherwise, they lose to the Wisconsin Badgers. And so Victor Stone, when he started the play um, and put the ball into play, he kind of did a QB kind of sneak where he fakes the pass to the uh, the running back, and then he himself decides, I'm going to run it into the end zone. Um, so he's uh, managed to shake off a few linebackers and defensive men from Wisconsin and did a spin move and everything like that. And then that's where we get into today's minute where he has one more uh, leap of faith, if you will, into the end zone. And the rules in football are that the ball itself if as long as you you are not down by contact, which would mean that Victor Stone's knee would have to touch the ground before the ball does to count as that the play is now dead. Um, he jumps, leaps, and then with the football itself, tries to break what is called the plane or the line right there uh, in the end zone, and then that would count as a touchdown, which would be more than enough points to win the game. Um, the reason so- his football... Go for it, Nate. I was so so like he he puts the football in the end zone. He, the the goal comes from the football being in the end zone. My question is, him putting the the football into the end zone is kind of like as long as it's on the inside of that foam block. Is that what is that what I'm supposed? So like the foam block is pretty much going away it's getting pushed out of the way because the ball is going pretty much where that foam block is as long as it's to the right or, or inside of the block does that count yeah it's a little bit of the meta in football and it's called a pylon that little foam block that's there it mm-hmm. signifies where the end zone is and normally it would you know let's say they're right at that goal line and they just have to push the whole team into it so that they could break the pylon or break the plane to get the touchdown. Normally, that's where it then becomes like, okay, now we need to have cameras looking at this to make sure that the football does cross that line. 
by pushing the football into the pylon and knocking it over, it's almost like physical contact. Like it cannot be disputed. Like that football broke the plane. And that's why his football is pushing into that pylon. That's why he's attacking it that way instead of just going straight in over the line. Because if he were to fall and that football looks like it crossed the plane but didn't really, then that's when it becomes uh, under like review. So he leaps and he pushes the football right into the pylon and knocks it over. By knocking over that pylon, you cannot argue that he did not break the plane. So that's like just the meta of it like it's almost like direct physical contact with the plane you gotta touch the um, base okay exactly like that's that's what if you hit it from the front away. side of it you're still kind of pushing into it um if he kind of stuck it outside well see that's the thing um the football can i think go out of bounds because he himself is not out of bounds like i mean if his arm is kind of sticking out out of bounds i think that's okay it's it's not like his foot is stepping out of bounds um and then that would be uh, a different situation but i don't know if i've actually seen that too much um normally if you know you're reaching for the pylon you're not your football is not really poking out of bounds so um and he is attacking it attacking it from the inside and pushing the pylon outward so yeah. he should be in bounds um and obviously breaking the plane. So um, it's it's really good stuff here. We've talked a little bit about slow motion. Like sometimes the actors are acting in slow motion. Sometimes it's actual footage that's been slowed down. This is a good bit right here where um, it has that. Um, it's, it's interesting because most of this almost looks like it was shot in slow motion. Some of this looks like he is acting in slow motion. Um, but right here it's, it has this really nice cut where, you know, he makes this jump and then they actually do slow it down. Um, and that just looks really, really nice. Um, it, it just paints this nice picture. Um, and as he rolls off the ground, starts celebrating with the crowd, everyone's kind of in slow motion here. I started to really think about the kind of movie that we're watching. And... Yes, it looks like Zack Snyder's doing a football movie. But more importantly, he's making a football scene within a comic book, not within yeah. a movie. You know what I mean? And this Yeah, like, and this feels like a freaking Friday Night Lights scene, to be honest with you. I mean, this is incredible. This scene right here makes me want to watch a Zack Snyder football movie. Yeah, <laughs> it would be really cool to see one. Um, it looks like he's... Uh, it's like making a football comic book too. Like it just, it feels very comic booky in in a good way, in a very artistic way. Uh, I, I, I always see like negative comments about how Zack Snyder doesn't understand the source material for the comic book movies that he makes or doesn't read them at all, which is I think completely false and an ignorant comment to make. Um, and it's just very upsetting when people make, you know, insults like that based on absolutely nothing. And the more I think about it, the more I think he makes movies look like comic books and not the other way around where he tries to make comic books look like movies, uh, which is something that everyone everyone always thinks about. They, every time 
you know, people get word of a new comic book movie that's about to happen, people always think about like, oh, well, how are they going to adapt this storyline into a movie? And he does the opposite where he takes, you know, these concepts of movies like a Justice League movie or, or a Batman v Superman movie and turns it back into what a comic book feels like. And mm-hmm. that's what this feels like here, especially where he's celebrating and Eleanor, Dr. Eleanor Stone is celebrating in the stands and it pans down to the empty seat where, you know, Silas Stone should be sitting. And it just, with the slow motion and everything, it just feels like a really good comic book. You know, it just, it has that transition. Yeah. I got to say the the closest thing that I could that I could compare this scene particularly to is the bit in 300 when the Spartans are, I guess it's their first fight and it goes like maybe the first or second, it goes like ground view and it's just dusty, complete dust ground and just like sand floor and and dust and an orange. And it does a mixture of both slow motion and fast paced motion. And like those tracking shots of Leonidas, like moving through Mm -hmm. the people and him like, you know, fast movement shield slow motion shield bash fast movement sword misses face kind of thing that's what this feels like and when we think about 300 and when we saw it you know back in 2000 whatever we were realizing like oh this is this does look like a comic book you know we had the Watchmen, we had sucker punch and all those things where it was like yeah we can still get that feeling but this 300 is not from a direct comic book obviously well frank miller no matter what it still felt like panels um hell maybe even sin city had to help with that with like the way that those cameras looked frank miller again um but that's what i'm trying to like piggyback onto what you were saying mark is that snyder now is making the movies feel like a comic book even without them having direct comic book sources like what you're saying like there's no storyline directly of uh, you know victor stone winning the the gotham city football game as like a big moment in the storyline you know as normal victor stone not as cyborg but this here Mm -hmm. in these like shots particularly it just reminded me of, of that 300 scene and like just thinking about that watching 300 being like, yeah, this feels like a comic book. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great, great comparison, especially like if someone wants to make parallels with this moment that Victor Stone, uh, even in yesterday's minute and like just watching it as a whole, watching that bit as he rushes to the end zone, it, it is a parallel to that, that iconic shot in, um, 300 and then even in Kong Skull Island Jordan Voight Roberts actually I think he pays homage to that 300 scene by having Tom Hiddleston you know with the katana and the gas mask mm-hmm. uh, although that was Jordan's concept like his vision is like I would love to see someone with a katana like cutting up pterodactyls or something um, but he still does it in the same way that Leonidas like cuts through the battlefield in that same way Um and it's it's beautiful. I, I I think I think Zack Snyder adapts comic books among some of the best that that have done it. You know, Sam Raimi, Zack Snyder, uh, the way that they do it is they take source material, but they don't make the source material own them, and they also don't let the movie dictate how comic books should be adapted, which is something that I 
am kind of against with with the Marvel movies. I like the Marvel movies a lot, but like I don't want them to seem too sterile as far as like these are just big blockbuster movies and we kind of boil them down to just looking like they do. Um, the way that Sam Raimi and Zack Snyder make these comic book movies is they they take storylines and they don't 100% adapt them. Like we're not seeing the death of Superman only. We're not seeing the Dark Knight Returns only. We're going to use those plot points and create a whole new story. But then also like when you watch the movie, you f- should feel like this is a comic book. Like this is something mythological happening. Um, and that's what we're seeing here. That's what's so great about it. And then the music on top of it, it feels like, and it sounds weird, but like, it feels like I'm at church watching this man score this touchdown. Cause like the crescendo, the, the major chord that happens when he scores, it sounds almost like a hymn. Like it almost is like, it sounds godlike that this Hallelujah, is happening. Baby. Hallelujah. Yeah, it really does. Like, this is the, for anyone who's looking for it, I think it's uh, Cyborg Becoming Human is the track title by Junkie XL. Um, it's absolutely amazing. It's it's such a good song. Uh, it's it's almost like a two-parter. Yeah, Cyborg Becoming and then Human Alti Human with a slash in the middle. Um, just really good stuff. It just looks and sounds amazing. Um, everyone's cheering. Everyone's happy. It's like the highlight of this whole life for cyborg you know and it just it's just very pretty um the other the other note i had for this is i just was looking at everyone's wardrobe like their costuming um and everyone has like gotham city merchandise that they're wearing like the the paper cups too have you seen that that they're holding they got the they got the little the crest of the school on it that's kind of wild that's hey that's money right there huh i who's really who's, want who's footing the bill for these gotham uh concession stand cups do they get to keep this stuff because i'd be i'm kind of jealous like the a gotham city jersey i want one of those i really want that gotham city letterman jacket that he has like that's beautiful i, I want to custom find it that. Yeah, if I, could I mean, like you patch, can get Letterman can jackets just made. Yeah, I, I made my Robin one, um, and that oh, yeah, that's true. Website, yeah, that website is amazing. I'll have to look it up, but the the website that I custom made my Robin jacket, I made it like verbatim the way that uh, Piccolo, the artist who does like those casual Teen Titan artworks of, I like made the Letterman jacket look exactly like that. Bought the Robin patch for it. Um, so if I can find the Gotham City University patch, I will make this Letterman jacket because it is pretty. It is beautiful. And like everyone in the stands has like the scarves and the beanies. I want a Gotham City beanie. Like I hope they got to keep some of this stuff because it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, does, it, does, it, does it remind you too much of like Hufflepuff stuff? It reminds me of Watchmen. I think yeah. it's the okay. Watchmen that yellow. Makes sense. Yeah. It's the Watchmen right? yellow. Yeah. I think it is. Um, the more I think it, because it's like it's Gotham City, but like, since when did it have to be yellow and black, right? Um, Dark Knight did that. Was, it or did. Rises, it? whatever they did the football thing with the, with the, you know, the Gotham Bane City play, Rogues, Bane playing football. You remember that? 
Yeah, but that was remember an he NFL got onto the field. He he took that foot, Bane, Bane, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> walk it, it, took that football and threw that thing <laughs> thirty yards. Bane <laughs> ran down the field, caught it from his own throw into the end zone. This was all in the movie. Did you miss this? I'm pretty sure Bane could do that. I'm pretty and sure we could. Cheering, Bane, 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 Bane. Bane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I, and then they I did the whole resignation movie. thing, and yeah. Do you accept this man's resignation? Um, so yeah, so I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just canon that Gotham City colors are are black and yellow, and I yeah, that I'm assuming part, it is. Um, even in Young Justice, they went to. Wasn't wasn't there a bit uh, with Dick and uh, weren't they in weren't they in Gotham Academy or something like that for a minute? Yeah, yeah, and Barbara and and all that. Well, I'll have to yeah. look at Victor Stone and, and Young Justice again and take a look at his his uniform, but um, or maybe even Justice League War. Rewatch that and see what colors that they have. But even in Dawn of Justice, they had a lot of Watchmen uh, callbacks in that football scene. I mean, someone was holding up a Nixon poster. Someone was holding, you know, the the yeah. end is nigh was scratched into one of the billboards. Yeah. Um, I um I wonder if uh if the color scheme of of black and yellow for Gotham is post uh Batman 89. Like they just were like, "Oh yeah, we're just going to take the black and yellow scheme of of Batman like classic and just, you know, mm-hmm. work that into what Gotham uh school colors would be." Obviously. I mean, I feel like it's just right there in front of you, right? Yeah, that's the other one I was thinking of. Is just like okay, because Batman is is black and yellow technically, mm-hmm. uh, like or the song, blue and purple, if you will. <laughs> it always depends on what he looks like. Um, yeah, absolutely. But I I I, I want to say the safest bet is is the Watchmen yellow color, especially that chair, the color of the, of the chair that Silas Stone should be sitting in. How empty it is, and and just that cinematic, you know kind of shot that you take where you pan down to an mm-hmm. empty seat and then the audience just kind of knows like someone should be sitting there it should be his father like that clicks in my head like that's that's great camera storytelling that's just you don't have to say anything you're just yeah. like and then um, you cut to for the picture yeah i was gonna say for the sake of people that need to hear it we get it in the next bit of dialogue immediately after you know sad car ride home yeah. And his mother trying to apologize for his father's absence. Yeah. I really like just, you know, the shot of him being disappointed, um, oh, like in the middle of his team. That's heartbreaking. Everything just sinks. Like, he was so like the, the part where he celebrates, uh, he takes off his helmet and he kind of throws his fist in the air. Like, he's so happy. And that's like something that, makes me smile when I watch it because I empathize with Victor Stone so much or I sympathize with him rather and you know he goes through all these this tragedy in his life especially in this movie and then like you see this memory and how happy he is in that moment and you sympathize you're like damn look at him look how happy he looks like I'm so happy for him I I wish nothing bad had ever happened to him Cause he looks so happy. And then this part here where he realizes his dad's not there and everyone is celebrating around him and he's just getting pushed and shoved as he just 
focuses on that and it just sinks in like that it's such good storytelling in this one minute and everything that Ray Fisher does for it it's just it's perfect theater work it's amazing it's an amazing performance um this car ride we only get the the little bit where you know his mother tells him that his father got held up in the lab and and it cuts kind of right there we're going to get into more of that stuff tomorrow but for this one because she says he got held up at the lab I almost want to assume that she also works at Star Labs. I know we talked a little bit before. We don't know whether she does or doesn't. But to say it in that kind of context where, like, your father got held up at the lab, it just kind of seems a little too specific. Uh, excuse me, specific. Um, I just kind of feel like maybe she also works there because mm. she still makes the time. Mm. For some reason, I'm thinking psychology. No, like a different profession. Yeah. But also, I, I mean, like, that. you could say the same thing. Your father got held up at the office. You don't have to work at that same office to call it the office. Hell, you don't even have to yeah. watch all the episodes to call it the office. I mean, I mean, really. I mean, really. Who doesn't know Dwight Schrute? I mean, come on. That guy's hilarious. <laughs> no comment from me. No, <laughs> no comment at all. I just uh, <laughs> let that one hang. It says here, you know, she's. I'm looking at one of those, you know, DC wiki pages, uh, just to kind of maybe get some clarification. This one here, I think there's two different DC EU wikis, which is uh, misleading. And I was looking for more of a comic book one, not one of the DC cinematic universe per se. Um, but it says here she is also a former scientist of Star Labs. Okay. I don't see any. Uh, any you know source on that so take that for what you will um but it just seems like she does um and i wouldn't put it past her because you know she's a very smart person so um who knows but yeah it's uh it's all just very heartbreaking to, to to watch this and and to go into this scene knowing what's about to happen um in the next minute um but yeah it's it's just it's really nice it's it's a really pretty camera shot especially starting on victor stone and panning over to eleanor um it just is a very cinematically well-made cut between what was just happening and what's happening now in this next scene um and it's great it's just really good stuff everything about the coloring of these scenes the music that's been going on behind it what's happening to Victor Stone as a character, it just feels like a really good comic book that you can just kind of sit back and let someone tell tell it to you. Uh, But it's that same feeling when you start to snowball into a really good comic book and the the panels just start to like motion on you and you you like start speeding through and you start burning through the pages and you're like reading the words as you read the, or like look at the panels, like, this is what it feels like. This is what it feels like to start going like, oh, this is getting real, and you start burning through it, and it just, it just feels really good. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the, all I really had for this minute, unless you got anything else you want to add, No, that's good. Cool. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, if you're listening to this episode, 
tomorrow uh, on Saturday, there we will have a bonus episode for you guys. There's a, a new Suicide Squad movie. Nate, have you heard about this? Have you seen this? Have you heard of this that's coming out? <laughs> I've seen and heard both. Nice. Um, we've decided we're going to go ahead and watch... <laughs> decided that we we're going to watch it no we've decided that we're going to do an episode to review the movie after we've seen it and put it on the podcast uh so it should be coming out this weekend if you're listening to today's episode check back tomorrow for a review of the suicide squad movie we'll talk about what we thought going into it and what we thought about the movie itself uh how it relates to the other suicide squad movie as we look back on it and you know any and all things about it so check that out tomorrow and we'll check you guys out on monday for minute number 81 of Zack snyder's justice league